What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? <laughs> so low. Was it? So, but I, you did it. I knew it would be. I just wanted to try it. But you did it. It must you, have see. It must have taken you no effort to get up to your highest of heights. It really didn't. I mean, I You're really like dance and stuff. <laughs> dance and stuff. I really am. You know. I was like, I, I rock. <laughs> she looks. She looks like a tenor, but she's not. She's a baritone bass. Mm-hmm. She's a real. She's a deeper queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a darker shade of pale. Is that a song? Oh no, whiter shade of pale. <laughs> <laughs> I've still never heard it. Whether it's darker or whiter. Oh, uh, so. Um, what? You're checking your texts already. Well, I'm flying to Chicago today, so I just have to make sure there's no complications. Why are you flying to Chicago? I have a fittings for the Hubbard Street Dance Company uh-huh. for a new Kyle Abraham piece, but I'm going a day... I'm going a day early to see Alar Lubavitch... Um, celebration performance that's I'm happening at the Harris just Theater. I knew that Lar was in. I was literally about to say, I, I pictured you in Lar's old apartment that he sold for some oh. reason. Um, so I had no, a psychic I, I've known moment. about this show for a while, and so I purposely arranged to do the fittings now so I could see the show. So I could be there to support Lar. That's so great. Do you know what Lar pieces they're doing? I do, I do, I do. <laughs> I do, I, I do, do. I do, So the Joffrey Ballet Company is doing an excerpt from Othello, a part uh-huh. of Dur with mm-hmm. Fabrice Calmels and... Tallest person in the world. Tallest ballet dancer in the world, Guinness. <laughs> 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 Wait, before I go on. Yeah. I actually saw the tallest person I've ever seen in real life yesterday. Uh, did you get to talk to this person? Or oh, no, was but this I, just outside? I was like a staring child. Uh-huh. Nobody, people in New York are incredible in the way they can be unfazed. Just. Every, well, look, honey. Madonna everyone, could walk down the middle of the street. People would be like. Maybe. You know? Yeah. Or they'd be like, oh God, I hope I get my subway. Exactly. You know, they'd rush on by. Yeah. They'd be like, out of my way. <laughs> but I, I, I would watch this person cross the street towards mm. me and I was unable to look away because he, he, he lived in a different realm of physics than we do. Like, you know how when in the movies you see a giant walk and they move mm-hmm. kind of slowly? Right, right. And they seem to have, like, a great deal more gravity. Mm-hmm. They well, like kind of literally they do. Yeah, like, right. the Earth takes more of an impact. Right. It was that. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Like that. Um, what were they wearing? Sweatpants and, like, a sweatshirt. And... Mm-hmm. Maybe they were a basketball player. I don't know. They didn't look particularly agile, but maybe they're the kind of basketball player that just kind of like stands near the hoop and just like drops it in. Like someone passes it to them and <laughs> they just put their arm yeah. up and literally the... puts their arm up wow. and drops it in. Was uh, he handsome? Sure. Yeah. I think. Wow. I mean, when you're that tall, there's, it's hard to really clock a lot of detail when you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, he looked actually a lot like that man in the Guinness Book World Records whose name was like Waldo, Waldo something. I remember looking at him a lot because I used to love that book when I was little. I loved the Guinness Book of World Records. Especially Physical Anomalies. Recently I was just thinking about, I think there was a woman who had like strongest hair and mm-hmm. I... <laughs> 
Did you just almost spit out your coffee? Remember? Strong. How? What was her test? Did she have to pull I weight? I feel like it was like her hair. I, I, <laughs> I think I don't think this could be real. She but pulled a car. It was wrapped around a car. Uh huh tied and like she was supporting it somehow but I was like there must have been a clamp there must have been various clamps so it didn't just like slip off or like yank her head off of her cervical spine well that's the whole thing her hair is just so very strong I mean mean, that's that's a Guinness record they shouldn't do because how can you prove it it's like prove it well I think her hair was tied around or you know but also are like several people coming forward and be like I think I might have the strongest hair I uh (laughs) Yeah, they are. They're coming for me. I mean, I think I have the strongest hair. My favorites were obviously longest fingernails. I remember that. Incredible. Really? Tallest person. Uh Smallest waist. Oh. Yeah. My favorite Guinness Book of World Records was, um, you know, strongest hair. (laughs) (laughs) I really just remember thinking about it and thinking about her with her hair tied around a car. Uh, maybe, you know, I don't know. Right. I, I, I'll, I'll Google search like it. Like, when I I went with James and Bella and co. to that Regis, or what's, what's it, Kelly and Ryan. Uh-huh, yeah, good Guinness morning. record, like 300 people stood on point or whatever. Uh-huh, that was for the Guinness? Uh-huh, the uh-huh. Guinness, people were all around it, like, they monitoring it, like, to make sure uh-huh. nobody came off point. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were, uh-huh. it was a fish. But I was like, this probably happens every day. It was day. a and, like, fish. Official. Oh, It was literally a flounder. Yeah, I was really like, (laughs) it was a fish. Okay, got it. It, I was like, I bet this happens in China every day in like huge ballet classes. Oh, right. (laughs) I mean, maybe. Everyone and point, right. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. But I've never seen that like Swan Lake where on the head. Yeah. Astonishing. Astonishing. I know. They, shocking. They ask really things shocking. of themselves that we don't do in the West. No, we're like, um, I'll have fries with that. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, how long can I stand on the tip of my toe on your head? I mean, wow. Anyways, okay, so they're doing that excerpt from Othello. Uh, uh-huh. Then um, the ballet, Ballet Austin is doing a beautiful dance called oh. Dvorak Serenade. Are any of your friends going to be there? I'm sure Oliver will be there. Oh, tell Oliver I say hi. And then... Oliver Kramer, guest guest for Mama May. The um, Martha Graham Company is doing The Legend of Ten that I went in to help brush up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one more. Oh, Jojo Osbury, who we love. And And why hasn't he been on the podcast? I mean... Whoa. The day Jojo's on the podcast will be a day to remember and a day of joy for all. Jojo, uh, you're coming up. Okay. No, he's not in New York much these days because he does a lot of work in Chicago because he is one of the rehearsal directors at Hubbard Street. Oh, okay. Anyways, Jojo, former Lar Lubavitch dancer and friend mm-hmm. and what's that called? Coworker. Mm-hmm. He is doing a piece called Little Rhapsodies with two other men from Hubbard Street Dance, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so that's the four dances. You and Russell didn't get asked to do that duet <laughs> no, in your pants. I'm afraid not. Aww. Though that would have been a nice three minutes of oh. the show. Oh, it's a good dance. Russell did mention to me the other day, he said, we didn't do that enough. And I said, you're right. Welcome to uh, Downtown Dance. Yeah, we didn't it's do that enough. opposite of ballet where you'll do that again, you know, hundreds of times in your lifetime. But so yeah. anyways, I'm, I'm happy to be there to see the show. And um, then uh, I get to also see my friend Jessica Tong and I'm going to stay with her and her 
partner, husband, question mark, for a night. And then um, I'll do fittings on Monday Mm -hmm. and come home on Tuesday and get back in time for my drawing class. That's right. You and Harriet are doing a drawing class. Yeah, we are. Why? We talk about it all the time because it's sort of important for people who deal with the human body and draw the human body on a regular basis to kind of keep that kind of practice going. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing for me to continue drawing these sort of same two or three figures over and over that I can, I can draw in a moment. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it's for me, there's certain figures I just sort of like schwa, 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 Mm -hmm. but they're meaningless at this Mm -hmm. point. They don't, it's not like I'm really navigating gravity or the skeleton, et cetera. So <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm clearing my throat. Well, you had that apple. Remember I when did. you said there's nothing worse than a cold apple, cold on, a cold apple on a cold day? Yeah. And it is chilly. It's cold. It is chilly. Is, is the heat on yet in your apartment? No, building? no, I had a cold night. We saw our landlord and he was like, heat'll be on on October 15th. And I. Coming right up. I was up at Bard and um, where it is so cold and so rainy. It rained just. Every like, day. Yeah, it just, and I really thought everyone be careful because tomorrow it's like a high of 50. Mm. And then it immediately began like pouring rain in the early morning on Thursday, Mm -hmm. ice cold, everyone's sick. Oh, I love that when you get to school and you've brought coats and scarves, but you have no use for them. And then suddenly you do. I was well prepared because as you know, I run... Like the coldest, the coldest mm-hmm. woman in the chili world. Chihuahua. Yeah, I am a chili, chili chihuahua. Really, a chill, chill chihuahua. Yeah, it's really true. So you are going to get on a oh, and you, but you just had another premiere of a costume, Misty oh, Copeland. Yes. I can tell a, you some about Fall for Dance. Why? Why were we talking about? How did we get here? Because you uh, were checking your phone about your flight and then letting me know we about Chicago. We talked about Chicago. Chicago. I Chicago. once knew that a friend of mine was, um, he was at RISD and uh, they were, him and some friends were like drinking in a stairwell. And this, uh, you know, it's like a party. It's at the dorm. It's like, you know, but the uh, concrete stairwell. And this girl at the top of the stairwell just went, Chicago, Chicago, and then fell backwards. (laughs) All the way down the stairs. And fortunately, I think because she was drunk, she survived, you know? Yeah. It helped her. It does help. It helped her, like, remain elastic on her way down. Soft and pliant. Yeah. Just crumpled into a little bowling bowl. So at any rate, I did, we, Harry and I are in a drawing class Professor oh, Steve right, Gaffney, right, right. we love right, him. Right, right. I was very frustrated during the last class, but it's fine. Anyways, from why my, were you frustrated? I was there. One of our models was did very very dynamic poses that were very difficult to capture. Was it Burr Johnson? It wasn't, but it was like that. <laughs> very flexy yogic. Amazing. And I was like, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> You're literally upside down. So oh, let's start with the hands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, from that class, we left a little early to go to the, a Fall for Dance premiere, which was Kyle's new solo for Misty Copeland mm-hmm. that we did the costume for. And we missed the first half of the program, but Misty was right after intermission. But the first half of the program was Hubbard Street doing a Crystal Pie duet and then um, something else that I don't 
know about, but I did see in the video, there was a dancer with one leg and a crutch who was doing absolutely incredible things. Hmm. I couldn't believe from it. From what company? Something yeah. from Africa. Okay. Uh, South Africa? I don't know. I didn't, I, I wasn't here last week. I think that might be correct. You can read all about it in the New York Times. Um, but Misty Solo is very beautiful. It was, I think maybe seven minutes, but like very quiet. I mean, the music wasn't so quiet, but it was, it had a quiet feeling. Mm -hmm. It wasn't showy show. And uh, we made a very sort of ephemeral costume for her, which in fact did, I guess, break a little bit during the second show, but we weren't there. So we're going to repair it. Oh, wow. That's okay. So ephemeral. So ephemeral. So ephemeral. I mean, I, I, what was that like barely there? Wasn't there some kind of like, Barely there. It that's close. I can't remember what that was. It was like barely there something. It is barely there. This costume, Mm. but um, and it really won't be anywhere for very long. Wow, we'll just have to remake it. Yeah, it can definitely be remade. Uh Part of the magic of it is that it disintegrates. Yeah, (laughs) no, kind of. It's so lightweight, and if you do any finishings on it, it starts to get stiffer. So you Mm. have to like do nothing. Wow. But it falls apart. Wow. So at any rate, um, that harpened. And after her, oh, Caleb Teicher had a group piece that followed Missy's piece that was so wonderful. I was dancing in my seat. I love, 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 loved it. And I... Well, we love him. We have to have him. another person. I love pod. him. Yeah. And I found him also very attractive in this dance. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well. He did a little pelvic gyration. And I, I said, Wow. <laughs> And oh well, well, there you go. Um, you can let him know when he comes on on the pod. That's right. He's listening right now. Hey, Caleb. Um, and then I saw one other Falver dance program. The Mark Morris Dance Company did a section from Mozart dances called Eleven. That was lovely. Miley Okamura is dancing with the company again, which mm-hmm. is such a pleasure. Um. On um, something else. Eleven, the, I've, I know Eleven. I remember that. Then there was that. a very bad Beautiful. dance by a French group that, like, it was a fusion of, like, contemporary and break dancing. Uh-huh. But mostly it was just people, like, doing arm gestures and then some people spinning on their heads. Uh-huh. And the audience lorved it. Yeah. They literally screamed. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I can remember being at... At one of those, at a at a fall for a dance, and seeing something really um, just for show, yeah. just entertainment, and like people left to their feet more than uh, one of the earlier, more intelligent pieces on the program. Oh. But that's you know, it's okay. I mean, I think that's the thing that we. It's this thing of how do we plan, or does. Or is there a way for audiences to be educated that is a curatorial kind of thing as well as a choreographic to an extent? Um, But yeah, I mean, entertainment, Queen. Here's my question about Fall for Dance, which is Fall for Dance seems to try to balance out dances that are are worthwhile and Mm -hmm. might challenge a regular audience Mm -hmm. a little bit more. And then dances that are comparable to what you might see on so you think you can dance in fact i think one of the companies was from so you think you can dance yeah or like you've got talent or one of those things Uh and um i uh, it's what is my feeling about it Mm -hmm. i don't think we 
I don't think we should pander to audiences. I don't think we, I don't think these organizations should put out material that's not worthwhile because the more you do that, the like less able audiences are to absorb good work. Mm, So mm. I think people are going to come to fall for dance no matter what. Because the tickets are cheap and it's like a fun event. It's one of the very few experiences in New so York there's no where, reason. There, where you can go for an affordable. Yeah. yeah. So there's no reason that the entire program shouldn't be really excellent work. Right. And, and that doesn't mean it's not fun because Caleb's work was excellent and so fun. Right. So to include these other works that are, that sort of cheapen, what dance can be mm-hmm. i i just don't i don't think it's necessary and i think that there are more creative solutions yeah well that doesn't sound <clears> like <throat> a question that sounds like a statement honey did i did i say it was gonna <laughs> be said, i have a question and then and then i and then you gave a statement and, there you go and uh and there you have it yeah i mean I, I i agree i think it is this thing of that um, it around how do we educate our audiences. And I think right. there are choreographers who make work that is, as you just talked about, intelligent and entertaining. Right. And that you don't have to forsake entertainment uh, for with intelligence and formal rigor. Right. As well as a sense of uh, dramaturgy and all the other sort of things that have you know, of how dance has evolved. Right. So what you're talking about is how to continually encourage an audience to evolve with the form. That's right. And then, you know, but it is this thing of, uh, that people do feel sort of how like money traffics as as much as it says, as much as I think producers can talk about, Oh, I, you know, I'm looking for the new there's, we certainly know of so many stories of them just doing the old. I mean, look at Ad Astra. Um, I mean, it's, we can look to big budget to see where it feels safer. Do you want to hear something amazing? What? <clears throat> You're like, Oh, that movie costs $80 million to make. Uh-huh. And it's not going to make its money back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> even, even with Brad Pitt even on the front Brad of it. Pitt. Which is interesting because I bet in a way for them too, they were like, you know, in this really, we're going to have some real slow moments in this, which might be difficult for the audience. And it's like, well, it's... Rather it's, than just let them be slow, we're going to fill it up with... Talking. Hideous voiceover. With, with, with telling us exactly what's happening. Literally explaining yeah. what is happening as we're watching it. So in, in terms of, you know, the, it's, as I've, I've said before, I have, when I had a meeting with a very... A, a really incredible producer. And uh, even he said, you know, art, uh, money walks in and art walks out. Mm-hmm. It's this thing of can, how can money and, and producers also feel bold enough? And then how, how can they help educate the audience along with right. the progression of the form? Mm-hmm. So we shall, you know, it's a, Tale as old as time. That's correct. It's nothing new. It won't change in our lifetime, I don't think. Well, I think the thing that we'll see, and it's sort of what we're continually seeing, is how does it, how how and where and when does it happen? And then it's really interesting. I think this thing that also feels really interesting is our institutions that proclaim themselves to be incredibly progressive and yet 
are choosing actually really pretty, uh, uh, you know, conservative experimentalism. Mm -hmm. It really, it, we are in such conservative times Mm -hmm. and, uh, and times where every, every uh, idea seems to get weaponized actually. And I think that creates its own sort of fear. And so then people feel safer with something conservative. Right. So it's, uh, we can have a real return to, this is, you know, part of how nostalgia works. And when I think about dance and like return to just some real, let's just get back to postmodernism and feel safe. Well, I did see another great piece of postmodernism last night. Not that, you know, not that I don't love me some Pomo, because I Um, so do, honey. um, Yeah, I saw Rosas Tonstrosas last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another perfect dance. Well, it's different. I mean, Faze or Faza is a show that is just so sort of succinct and pristine mm-hmm. in its concept. Right. And it was made prior to, to Rosas Tons Rosas, which is like a follow-up to that piece. And it was... That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes this piece that's more human. Right. It's a little more experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, theatrical. It's definitely more theatrical. Yeah. It's, but it's really a wonderful night. And she's doesn't, again, she doesn't pander to the audience in terms of, of when to end things mm-hmm. or she really completes the idea and then some, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's an amazing show. It's an amazing show. And the performers were incredible and um, the lighting and the stage, it was just all amazing. And I, I brought Maggie with me. Mm-hmm. She gave me a jade roller for my scars and stuff. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. And cause I'm going to see Maggie cloud now for acupuncture and you all should, you all should look at her Instagram. She has it in her highlights, how you can see her for Instagram. <clears throat> and um, then, this is amazing. Well, the Secretary General of the UN was at the show. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So there was a security guard in the back. Uh-huh. But he was apparently, Janet Wong tells me, very, like, cool about, she was like, do you need to be in a room before the mm-hmm. show? And he was like, no, I don't care. Mm-hmm. He's just apparently a big fan of Anna Teresa. Wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, understandably, she's just. She's good. She's beyond. I mean, she's yeah. amazing. And anyways, anyways, I haven't loved all her work, but I value her. And I, I think all of her work is. You did love that piece with the singing and the dancers. <clears throat> I loved the sun, yeah. sunrise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But this Rosa's Taunt's Roses is a piece that I feel a comp course could spend an entire semester or year using as a curriculum to teach concepts of composition, like the Mm, fundamentals of composition where you have like unison and then you have canon and then you have fugue and then you have like theme and variation. And then it's, and then you have all this spatial stuff. You could go on and on and on because it's all in there and it's all so beautifully executed and executed to completion. It's not just also like if you're going to use a chair, I mean, come on. I mean, come, come on. on. Come on. It, and, you know, and when I think of other chair dances, 
I, yeah. I, especially ones post that. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot. It's really like, mm, she nailed it. She nailed it. And <clears throat> I think Ohad nailed it with, yeah. with the, you know, the, the one court. in the circle. Yeah, the one in the yeah. arc. Yeah. Really, those are both iconic yeah. chair yeah. dances. They really are. Um, and Lamentation. It's not on a chair. What's on a what box? On a bench? A uh, box. It's still seated. Yeah, but it's not a chair. It's like the the idea of bringing, you know, it's, it's this thing of, that you sit on every day. You know, it's a daily object. There's this mm. quotidian thing of mm-hmm. like, there's a chair on stage and then people are dancing with it, etc. in some... Et cetera. In some sort of way. Oh, cabaret. There's a great chair dance in that. Minaire. Oh. I've never. I tried watching that movie recently, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Read. I'm sorry. I'll just show you my hair. Okay. When this is over because my hair. It's really. Oh, bye bye my. Anyhow, it's on um, um, Amazon Prime right now. Probably. But the best. What was so great? What was mm-hmm. so great. Mm-hmm. So after the show, well, I I had a really nice talk with. Are you ready for this, Andrew Zox? <gasps> your never wary boyfriend. I know. For, you'll, it'll never happen. Yeah. Uh huh. And then we went and had dinner together. Oh, um, just lit- the two of you? I went on a romantic, chilly night date with, with Andrew Zoss. <laughs> like completely straight. That's never going to happen. But beautiful guy who we've talked about on the podcast who's beautiful inside and out. Truly. Um, um, wow, wow, wow. He's not in LA. He's, um, he's lives in LA, but he's just here for the week. And, and um, we might be able to talk to him about movies next week on the podcast if he sticks around. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, it would have to be Tuesday. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Is he ma- he's making movies. Are we going to be in them? I, don't, I doubt it, but yes. More are going to be in them. It's so incredible. Wow. Hollywood. But we had the best. We had pizza and we in, in a quiet restaurant and we talked and talked and I couldn't believe I was looking at him for that long. Did you tell him that? Kind of in um, many different ways. At um, one point I said, I asked him a question of like... What's it like to like go through the world looking like that? Uh-huh. But in a way, I think I, I, I phrased the question, I formatted it by saying like, did you ever use the way you look to, to manipulate a situation uh-huh. for your own kind of gain? Uh-huh. And he was like, not really. He was like, it's why I like, didn't really fit in as an actor. He was mm. like, cause I couldn't walk into the situations and ask them to like me because I looked the way I look. Mm-hmm. I was like, interesting. But he, but he was aware that he. I think he gets it that people find him handsome, right? Mm-hmm. Like, also, if you looked in the mirror, you know what I mean. Well, people uh, dysmorphia is real. That's true, and people have uh, all sorts of versions of how they perceive themselves to be, right? And that can really change depending on. How you think? Anyways, my romantic night with Andrew Sauce. That's really oh, well, I'll so, cherish it forever. I'm so glad you got to have that uh, that chilly fall night. It was so nice. If only you two could have taken a walk by the river and basically we walked um, from Nyla down to you know my house. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And you said, "Would you like to come in?" I he was did like, not. "That's all right." Babe. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> You're like one moment, one moment. You run upstairs and put Chinese lanterns on all the bulbs. That's right. I also <laughs> I like mopped, on your mopped face. the floors, washed uh, the windows. Exactly. 
I finished the last episode of The Politician, and then Don't I... Don't tell me about it, because I, I okay. haven't seen it. It really goes somewhere. Oh, that's what Jeremy said. He was like, they really made choices. Because they, they set themselves up for a full second season about oh. something entirely different. Sure. And then... Um, it's nice to have a plot about something entirely different. That's kind of dynasty in a way. Yeah. And then... Um, I was still slightly awake, so I started Great British Baking Show, and I fell asleep. But I, um, so I turned off the TV and went straight to bed. But this morning I finished Great British when I ended up not going to jump rope because of the trains. Mm. Mm. Are you caught up on Great British? I'm not. I really, I, when I am teaching, I literally, it's, it's really the full and full time. It's really, I can't even... I can't watch anything. I, I I can't talk to anyone on the phone. I, it's like, I have to just keep going. It's a real, like, teaching, meeting with students, emails. Dinner. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully a little, hopefully a meal happens. It was very, Jen Kidwell, who I love, who's a really incredible performance maker um, and, uh, and has a show that... Uh, with Scott, uh, her collaborator, um, that is called Underground Railroad Game, where they play uh, like middle school teachers who uh, put on a a show to talk about the Underground Railroad, mm-hmm. and it uh, it devolves, it gets it gets intense, and um, and she, uh, they're going to be showing it at Bard next week. So she was upstate uh just giving us a kind of overview of herself and her work and um to give the first sort of idea about uh herself she played jam tomorrow jam yesterday (laughs) (laughs) and i lost my mind we're both the same age it was such a was she like, and we've known me. each other for this is why a, I am who I am, and I really was like, this is so deep. This is so deep. It really, I deeply want us to play Carol Channing together. It would be a real. I don't. I'm not Alice. Oh no, me and Jen would play Carol Channing. Oh, you and together. she. I, see, I, I mean, see. in our relationship, I'm definitely Carol Channing, mm-hmm. and you are the girl. Yes, you, you're Banks. the girl who plays Alice. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, actually, who you would be is I would be Carol Channing, and you would be Stalker Channing, who plays the Red Queen. Oh, interesting. I I don't remember. She's very. She's like, we have to go faster to get nowhere. <laughs> but she's really, she's really kind of, she's decisive. She's sort of, she's more of a Sagittarius. She's whereas, not around much these days. Whereas the White Queen is a real Aquarius. Stockhard Channing. Stalker Channing. Um, wait, where were we? Uh, you were watching TV. I Oh, the politician. Gra- oh, Great British. So remember I showed you that photograph, which included oh, the yeah. three boys and the, the teacher girl? Uh-huh. Now, the like triad between these three boys on the show is like becoming more and more clear. They're always together. They're holding hands during like judges, judgments. It's really like, it's a, it's wow. a Great British Baking Show gay threesome. Wow. I love it. Wow. I love it. Who are the three again? Henry. Henry and the other two. Lip, <laughs> lips and lips and Youngman. Lips and glasses. Lips and glasses. 
Henry Lips and Glasses. Henry Lips and Glasses. That's a good... Make that piece read. Henry Lips and Glasses is... I would go see that show. I'm I'm curious how this will all play out for them. There's someone's yeah. feelings are going to get hurt. Maybe not. It's, you know, it's 2019. We're in incredibly conservative times and yet in other ways, hopefully progressive. Right, 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 right. right and right. the children do seem to be the future. Yes. <laughs> As the song goes. And two of them are children. One of them is not. Right. But yeah, Glasses and Henry are... Children. Yeah, absolutely. Full children. Um, when when are you going to bring out your winter coat? I was mm. thinking about that recently. I was like, is it time? I think I need a new one, to be honest. Mm. My winter coat, which you used to have as well in black from Muji. That is literally, it's like out of Dickens. It's so threadbare. It is... That, yes. It was always a thin coat. I was yes. always like, I remember you got it and I thought, oh, I like that. And I got it. And immediately I was like, not a winter coat. Do you know that I've been wearing it for winter coat since then? I've never had a different one. That read. It is so thin. Well, it's just like. The cuffs are now completely spilling out. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's over. Right. So I'm, I'm. Bob think- Cratchit. Yeah, that's me. Um, I'm thinking about... Um, you need a big puffy a coat. A puffy coat. Yeah. Right? Yeah, do it. Get a, but just get a big rainbow bright puffy coat, girl. I'm ready. I want to be, like, very comfortable all the time. I mean, hi. Yeah. Yeah, just like a big... I want... I would love a big sleeping bag puffy coat. You know, have you, yeah. that you see that, like, goes to maybe, like, the calves or maybe the ankles. Which my mom famously invented. What? Yeah. Have you told that story? Uh, to you, I'm sure. What is it? That my mom used to work with a coat and bag maker in the 70s uh, in New York, and uh-huh. she, like, developed the first sleeping bag coat. That's how the story goes, which is basically, you know, the floor length. Or, like, to the ankles. How did she, did she draw coat. it? She was like, this would be a good coat. I think she probably described it to sample makers. And uh-huh. she said, you're going to do a, like, a channeled, down-filled coat and make it really long. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? It was it was a strange time. But oh. that is how pe- that is what I've heard from my mom and people around her, that she wow. is the OG sleeping bag coat. Uh, I really, I need to find a sleeping bag coat. A long, shiny black. Shiny. I love it. I think I'm into shiny. Okay. I think it's interesting. It yeah. could be a thing. Last time I was in China, everybody was wearing like lacquered puffy coats. Mm, that's what I want. Lacquered. That sounds good. They weren't just shiny. They were literally like mirror glaze. Mm. Mm. Reflective. Mm-hmm. It's good. Reflect the negativity. A wah. A uh, what else can I tell you? Um, have you had any dreams? I did have a dream yesterday morning where I always have like the part of the dream I can remember is always right before I wake up, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So right before I woke iconic. up. Iconic. Iconic. Yeah. That's iconically when I have my best drums. So I was waking up and I, in the dream, I was also waking up in my bed and I... I was in a situation where there were other people in the house. I think it was like a sleepover party or something. And I I took out foundation as soon as I woke up. And it was a foundation. I guess I was excited about it. Like I'd never had it on my face. Mm-hmm. And I 
I applied it with my fingers Mm -hmm. and I applied it like very gently and I applied it until I could feel no, no little bits of debris or anything rough. And Mm -hmm. I thought, I look amazing, (laughs) though I hadn't seen myself in a mirror. And, um, but then I started to have these feelings of like, are people going to think I'm crazy that I'm getting out of bed with flawless skin? Foundation on. Uh-huh. And then I woke up. I was the dream. My last dream before waking up uh, today was that I went back to Interlaken. Wow. As a student. Like, <laughs> wow. To study acting. How did I go? was like, were you excited? I, I, it was like I had a movie coming up. And I was like, I'm going to go. I want to, I need to, I should like just tune up a bit on some acting. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Interlaken and uh, go there for a year. Yeah, just learn something. That sounds nice. It was mm. weird. It was weird. It was, a, it was a definite feeling of like, oh, I'm here, but this isn't right. Do you see there's been some blowback on Facebook because alumni I have... haven't been on Facebook in oh. a alumni really long Alumni found time. out that they've like, uh, they've stopped uniforms at Interlaken of any kind. Oh, really? Yes. Uniforms are done. Uniforms are done. And a lot of alumni are like, no. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. They're like, the uniform was like part of why my experience was so positive because there wasn't like. Ah, interesting. Any kind of like insecurity to be had about what I was wearing. Right. And I understand that. I, I there also, is something to that. I, I also love the ease of a uniform. My God, yeah. just like pile of navy blue pants. Well, also it's a thing of like, let's not think about what you're wearing or how you're trying to uh, promote yourself or right. disappear. Right. You know, I mean, I think what we wear is frequently a thing of uh, how we're either trying to promote or disappear. And, and there's already so much of like self-expression at interlock and through right. your medium, through right. your lessons. So I, I feel do like you understand the uniform in this, in this context. Yeah. At first I was like, Oh, whatever. And then, but no, actually I do think there <coughs> is, we know that, I mean, I was a student who went on scholarship. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not, also this thing of compare and like, right. It veils people's sort of family status, mm -hmm, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. and I mean, I grew up in uniform, so I, I loved it. I mean, it was hard for me to not wear uniform. I mean, I kind of like transitioned my life back to a uniform. I I was like, if I just get all black, then I don't have to think about it. And it just is going to go on and I'm going to go do my tape. My mind's so busy. Do you have a monologue you could do right now while I go to the bathroom? No, but I could just make one up. Okay. I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to make up um, a monologue as if, uh, kind of, as if I'm, um, what's her name? Um, I can't remember it. I I played her when I did Suddenly Last Summer, and I just posted a photo of Elizabeth Taylor as as her from Suddenly Last Summer when she's talking about... um, how her cousin Sebastian was eaten and her name is, I wish I could remember. I just can't do it. Well, the last thing I recall was that cousin Sebastian said, let's go to Cabeza de Lobo. And I said, what's that? 
And he said, it's an island that means mouth of the wolf. And I said, I don't want to go there. That sounds like a terrible place to go. Why don't we go somewhere beautiful like Cancun? I hear it's beautiful there. Or maybe we could go to Australia. I heard Melbourne is simply gorgeous and that people want to live there because there's good arts funding and people have a sense of humor. And he said, no, we're gonna go to Cabeza de Lobo. <laughs> so we went to Cabeza de Lobo and cousin Sebastian spent a lot of time on the beach. I saw him talking to many men's, and he would say, Catherine, that's my name. <laughs> Catherine, Catherine, come down here to the beach. And I would say, no, I don't want to go to the beach. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. I don't like when I put this sunscreen on because I'm trying not to use that chemical sunscreen. So I use this zinc sunscreen and it clogs my pores. It makes my eczema come out. And he said, Catherine, come down here just for 15 minutes. You won't get a burn. So I went down just for 15 minutes and he bought me this swimsuit that was wild. It was a scandal to the jaybirds. And he dragged me into the water. And I went, oh, no, don't drag me into the water. When I come out, everyone will be able to see my nipples. And indeed, everyone could see my nipples as if I was wearing just a napkin. And then... I, I said, I don't like this. And I went to a restaurant. So I went up to a restaurant and Sebastian went and just spent more time at the beach. Well, the beach went on longer and longer until one day we were at a restaurant. And these boys came asking for money. And I said, why are they asking for money? And he said, because they give me sexual favors. And I said, well, that you should pay up for that. This where do you, Who do you think you are? It's, that's capitalism to not pay them. And when they've given you sexual favors, sex work is work. And he said... I'm not going to do it. And then he just got up from the table and he ran. Well, these men, they chased him and they were playing on tin cans and uh, harpsichords and all sorts of little instruments they brought along. I don't know where that harpsichord came from, but it was really something to watch them roll it on a dolly behind him while they chased him. And they chased him all the way up to the top of this mountain. And then I heard Cousin Sebastian scream. He screamed just once and they were on him. And I screamed too. I screamed because when I saw what they were doing, well, they were in that's it that was that was mine wow congrats that was really good no thanks you're welcome i i do definitely feel like an amalgamation of many of the tennessee williams heroines i know that's your go-to for sure for sure for well, sure. it's really kind of it's it's me it's really i really get it Really get it. If you could talk to one dead person. Oh boy. Who would it be? Dead people. Um, 
Dead people. Who's dead? You could just talk to one dead person and, you know, get to, like, hang out with them, ask them stuff, da-da-da. Interesting. Well, I feel like I'd have a really weird talk with my mom's father, who I never met. Oh, wow. Okay. Because he was real... He was a real piece of work, as it turns out. Right. But I'd have some questions for him. I did talk to him on the phone one time, and he said, have a blessed day. Oh, that's nice. I thought, well, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Have a blessed day. All right. Um, Okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah, if it's one non-famous person, then yeah, I'd be my grandmother for sure. Um, Okay. Now one dead famous, like a a dead famous person. I don't know. I I never knew any of them before. So I don't have anything to say to them. You don't want it to like ask Balanchine or Robbins oh, or okay, okay. Cunningham. Uh, oh, sorry, or... I forgot about dance. Do you know uh, what I mean? All I could do, I, for, I was like, Mr. Rogers? What? <laughs> um, Balanchine. I don't want to talk to Cunningham on the phone because he would absolutely. This isn't person. This oh. is a meal. Oh, it's a. Sue Wen still exists and you go there. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I wouldn't, I, I guess, uh, this is so stupid. Taking too long. Tennessee Williams. That's what I want to that's who I want to talk to today. I would, I would maybe talk to like Maria Tallchief to oh. be like, "Did you guys have sex?" Oh wow! Because like in my mind, I really don't believe that Balanchine had sex with women. I think he just collected them as wives and dolls. Huh. But I don't know. Now, huh. no one else writes about that. But also, no one writes about anything sexual about him except for that. Like people do write about how their like relationships to him in the studio were very like physically gratifying. Huh? Yeah. So I'm like, what? There's no kids obviously. Uh And was there sex? I don't know. All of his wives are now dead. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, maybe one day read, may your sleuthing give an answer. It won't. Um, no one wants to tell me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, are you going to a show? I'm going to see Underground Railroad game this week. Do you want to go to the ballet next weekend? Because they're doing summer space and stuff. Sure. Yeah, let's go Saturday afternoon. Let's try to figure that out. Yes, Saturday. I can do Saturday afternoon. Okay. Saturday at 11. I'm doing the tour of the NYPL 70th. Oh, can I go to your tour? Sure. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm asked to, Jeremy and I are asked to speak to what ephemera we We care about, we relate to. So I I have one specific piece of, I have one specific piece of ephemera. I have one. I have one specific (laughs) piece of ephemera (laughs) that is in that collection. And I know that I will be talking about it because I relate to its tragedy and its pathos. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I want to come and watch that. I feel like they'd allow me to do that. Uh-huh. It's at 11. It's at... Uh, well, I do have jump ropes. So. Uh, I, yeah, I get it. I might miss it. At, um, and I haven't been to jump rope in two weeks, you guys. So, oof. Wow, girl. But I did swim yesterday. Good. I did do Cunningham once. Good. So it's okay. And I mm. lost weight. Yeah. I mean, I... By not eating half a pound of pasta every night. That's my advice. <sighs> yeah. If you want to lose weight, just don't eat a half a pound of pasta every night. Sure. Sure. Trader Joe's now has these, what are like sprouted multigrain flatbread mm-hmm. pizza crusts that are, um, they're really tortillas when you, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're just uh-huh. tortillas. Uh-huh. 
And I've made some pizzas on them this week, and it was really nice. And you liked it? Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, the crust is like, who cares? Just a oh. conduit for the toppings. Right. Right. That's why, you know, I just eat the toppings. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Um, (laughs) I feel like I've seen that once where like I got a pizza with someone and then I watched them just scrape the top off onto a plate and eat it and I was like ooh that is grotesque yeah I don't know how I feel about dairy right now like just eating a lot of cheese it doesn't I used to really like that now I love cheese I don't know I especially love mozzarella cheese mmm yeah I do like goat cheese so so tangy yeah, yeah. I, but I do like fermented things. And did you see how Harriet had me try that yogurt ice cream bar on Instagram? Mm-mm. She was like, "Taste this and tell me mm-hmm. what you think." And then mm-hmm. she taped it, and I was like, "It's bad." And uh, she was shocked because she loves them. I love it. I love a tangy, a fermented. I don't. Do you like kombucha? Yeah. Huh. But this yogurt bar. Let me tell you what. So, like, it's trying to be, like, an ice cream candy bar. Like, a snick, mm. like where you bite into the chocolate and there's ice cream inside. Uh-huh. But instead, it's yogurt. Uh-huh. Tangy it, yogurt. It's yogurt that's been... It's been made into such a form that it is hard. Uh-huh. Well, because oh, it's frozen. No, it's just cold. It's just okay. refrigerated. Oh, okay. But oh, the, wow. the yogurt is such a way that it won't spill out of the chocolate shell. Mm-hmm. Which means you're eating paste. Mm-hmm. It was yogurt paste. Mm. It doesn't like go into your mouth and then melt like ice cream down your throat. Right, right. It's just like you have to produce enough saliva to mm. make it digestible. And that mm. was hard for me. Mm. <laughs> I mean, as you know, I don't drink a lot of water, so I probably don't produce I know. A lot of we need to drink more water. Oh, you didn't, you never got to. I just want to smell it. So Can what are we, well, what are we doing? Oh. I, I have the P50 Biologique Recherche without the phenol. Mm. And Jack has the travel size with the phenol, and I wanted to smell it. And I'll, I'll do that on air. So this is the original formulation, nineteen seventy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, why you put it on your skin? Wow! Why don't you put it on your face right now? It's you're, you just wasted like five dollars. It. Wow! It smells. Put it on um, your forehead. It smells like something I know. What is that? Salad dressing? Let me smell. It's It's, not good. I know what it is. What is it? Chloroseptic. It is! It's chloroseptic. It's literally chloroseptic. Why don't we just spray chloroseptic on 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 our face? face. Because it's so much cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally... (coughs) Can you believe it? Do they have clear chloroseptic? Because I would literally spray it on my face. Well, it's phenol. That's the smell. Maybe we should just get some phenol. And just do it. I haven't done it. I did those three days and I was like, this is too much. And so I'm giving, I wow. only did it for three days it's, and I gave my, I'm taking a break. It is exactly chloroseptic. Isn't that amazing? Just get into it. Mark Junick's doing it too. He's into it. Chlor- is he doing this one? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Uh, is it looking like it's. Uh, I haven't seen him. He just said it over the, over text. It's great. He loves it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real, I mean, I read I this. I believe the smell. I read this article that this woman did where she went and met the guy who's the son of the, who now runs this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, stop using P50 1970. He yelled at her. He was like, you, you don't, it's, you don't have enough lipids. It's stripping the lipids off your face. Oh, I have so many lipids. And I 
do you do? Oh, I'm so oily. Oh, I'm not. I know you're not. So I should probably switch to yours and you should switch to that. Yeah. Except I'm almost done with mine. Oh, well. So that's not a great trade. Do you feel like you were glad you did it and that it was worth it? Yes. Yes, I've broken out from it, which Uh I think is to be expected. Uh Uh-huh. Because pimple, pimple, pimple. But um, it's minor. Uh Uh-huh. And my nose is softer. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's been okay. Okay. It hasn't been traumatic in any way. And I think, like, with time, fine lines would disappear. Have you ever thought about just getting a script for Retin-A? I had it when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, it's used now as adults to kind of resurface. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I, 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 most days I'm just like, there's no stopping this. You know what I have to tell you? There isn't. And the only thing that can is injectables and surgery. And, and people with injectables and surgery look... Like they've had injectables Crazy. and surgery. Yeah. Sometimes and sometimes not. Sometimes they look um, like Nicole Kidman looks completely normal. <laughs> <laughs> I like think, she does when it like. No, she doesn't. Oh, I Chuck. think when it calmed down on Big Love or Big, Big Little Lies, Lies, I think. She so. does have moments of like almost looking normal and then like suddenly looking totally alien again. Well, it has to, you know, take a moment. I cannot wait to see Judy. I'm really? So, yeah, getting, you've gotten so excited wait. about I it. I really want to see it. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I do really want to see that. Well, that was our um, pharmaceutical section of Mm. the pod. Oh, that's right. Self-care. Self-care. I really think that I should write a book called um, Healing Chaotically. Oh, my God. Because I think that that's, like, just, like, I'll just go to this person, or maybe I'll just go to this person. I'll go to these acupuncturists, and then I'll go to, like, see these people. Yeah. yeah, I am. I am in the market for a new acupuncturist. Maggie Clark. There you said it. There you said it. That you said it. There you said it. You pushed it. You pulled it. Pulled it. Pushed it. I pulled it. You pushed it. Well, I hope that was a fun episode for somebody. Um, yeah, I had fun. We talked about dance. You were, we talked you about were, stuff. We reviewed dance. I did a monologue. We unfortunately um, there were no guests today, but um, that's fine. We were our own guests. We were our own guests. I, Peter Smith, who we friend of the pod, who we love and. Mm care about was on um seek treatment this week and it was truly excruciating <gasps> it was the most brutal podcast interview i've ever heard they were brutal to them pat regan chose to basically not be there he was on his phone the whole time not just like checking a text but playing video games on his iphone during an interview with someone who's mm. supposedly a friend. And I have to say, it really pushed me to a place where I'm like, do I need to listen to this podcast? Well, from what you from what you said before about the other podcast that I'm listening to and when you had your breaking point with that, you know, I think, like, there's so much... I, I, there's so much available. So we do get to choose what we give our attention to and what we feel like spending our energy on. Right. Kat Cohen was doing all she could to keep that ship afloat. So I, I, I praise her. Mm -hmm. I appreciate her, her, her freedom with her feelings, her laughter, her tears. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid for Pat. I I hope that he can find his uh, soul. I don't know these people. I know Peter and I love Peter so Peter's much. Peter's wonderful. And, and to get to spend any time with Peter is 
really a blessing. So um, I deeply appreciate uh, them so much. And uh, we should have Peter on again. Absolutely. When we're both here, because I wasn't there for the last interview. (gasps) That's right. Ah, all right. Jojo and Peter and, oh, and and a a guest I won't say because we'll hopefully record on the 14th. And um, it'll be a surprise for people. All right. We love you. Well, ladies, gentlemen, another, we love you. Reed, I hope you have a great flight. Thank you. 